Hey, this is Ryan Tucker, and welcome to the weekly podcast, The Unchangeable Truth. We just sit down with Pastor Stephen as he discusses his sermon from Highland Park Baptist Church, and we are honored and thankful that you've decided to listen. And we ask you to go ahead and, and click that subscribe button, click that like or the follow button. And then again, we are honored and thankful that you've decided to listen. So keep listening as Pastor Stephen discusses his weekly sermon. Hey, it's Ryan Tucker, and welcome back to the Unchangeable Truth Podcast with Pastor Stephen. And uh, we are here talking about Romans chapter 14, verses 17 through 18. Pastor Stephen. Well, you know, I'm trying to add inflection so it's not boring and monotone. Sometimes it comes out weird. It's okay. It's I okay. take it as you're pumping me up, That's dude. right. You're you like, are, you're like lighting a fire underneath me because we're about to do the podcast. Because, you know, I mean, you have all the answers. Mm, we I don't talk know about, about that. Well, we talk about how just sometimes, well, behind the scenes when we don't have the mic on and you're not in the room. We talk about how uh, you, you're, you're really good at just coming off top of your head with the stuff. So that means you know it. So well, you know, here's what impressive. I found, though. Here's what I found. That even when you don't know it, if you're extremely <laughs> confident, everybody will think you do know it. Well, and, and they'll even question yeah. whether what they think is right. That's right. That's right. I've been trying to tell my 16-year-old that confidence is key, man. Confidence, confidence is, key. is key. Anyway. Uh, this week's title, and I've got a question for you that's going to be off of your first little section, and maybe we can spend some time on this. But uh, the you know we're we're talking about what is the kingdom of God, and you start to explain the kingdom of God based out of Romans chapter fourteen, and you say it's not a religion, but it's about a relationship, and. Uh, so here, here's my question that we're just gonna we're just gonna jump right in with this question. You made a statement again talking about the kingdom of God. What does it look like? What is it? Um, it's not about religion. It's about a relationship. You made the statement that religion won't get you to heaven. So here's the question: This generation doesn't want religion at all. So how do we break the mold of people's mindsets of the religious? So this generation doesn't want religion at all. How do we break that mindset of people that are in the mindset of religion? Sure. Yeah, well, first of all, I think you would have to quantify what, what do they mean by this generation? Yeah. I don't Cause, know. Because my I'm generation loves religion. Hmm. My Ooh, generation yeah, that's a really great... loves religion. Uh, all right. So the generation I work with, they have a negative thought towards religion. Sure. So I guess... This and, person, and, and how this, do we define yeah. how do we define religion? If we say religion is uh, organization, a highly organized entity or organized church, I don't, I don't, I don't think they would define it as organized church because clearly, anytime you have church, you know, Scripture tells us there needs to be order there. So you have to have some organization, but. Uh, Maybe this big organization, uh, we, don't, we don't like that. The true definition of religion is man's attempt to work his way to God. And the do's and the don'ts, and naturally when I think of religion, and I think, I think this is what Paul is, is really expounding on in this text, is you have, because stop and think where, where he has just walked from. He's been talking about eating meat. He's been talking about days of the week. Right. So for the... Gentiles who had gotten saved, who came out of the false idol worship where they would sacrifice beef and, you know, then they, you could buy it at a discounted rate in the marketplace and all this kind of stuff. They probably even had a little, little idol cafe that you could go in and sit down and eat and all that stuff. The, 
for them, whoa, 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 hang on. You 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 can't you can't love Jesus and eat that meat. Right. You can't do it. So 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 that was a an addition to Christ. And then for the Jews, they're sitting there and they're focusing on days of the week. Well, yeah, we'll worship Jesus right on Sunday, but Saturday there's a Sabbath law, so we got to keep the Sabbath laws. But it's Jesus plus. Right. It's Jesus plus. Here's what it would be for us today. Uh, and I would even say those who are anti-religious, in which I am, but even in their pursuit to uh, expose religion can become religious. Yeah, yeah. Anything, anything that you try to add to Jesus as far as a right standing with God is in every essence religion. Mm. So... You know, uh, someone who would sit there and say, okay, uh, it's faith and trust in Jesus Christ plus baptism. Well, well no. No, no, no. That, that doesn't put you in right standing with God. It's, it's faith and trust in Jesus Christ. That's right standing with God. If, if you have added baptism to it, then you've added what these guys yeah, added to it. Yeah. Uh, and, and again, good things. Right. Good things. Here's what Paul's saying to them. If you want to eat meat, eat meat. If you don't want to eat meat, don't eat meat. Yeah. Just don't try to attach it to right. uh, the righteousness of God. Because the righteousness of God is not doled out based on what you do or you don't do. Yeah. Uh, and and I, think, I think that gets lost. I think we all want to sit there. And, and I don't, whether it's young generation, older generation, whatever the case is, uh, my generation would be, uh, hey, look, man, look at look at them. Oh, look at the look at the big Bible that they're carrying, and they <laughs> they they know when to say amen at the right parts in the service. And yeah. look at them, all oh, they're 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 wearing a nice suit or a really pretty dress, and um, uh, you know they're 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 just you could tell you could tell they're just super spiritual, or they're here every time the doors are open, super super spiritual. Now you would know this better than I. I'm going to, I'm going to throw the millennial generation out there. Uh, wow, look at the way that she lifts her hands yeah. in in worship. Yeah, look at the tears running down her yeah. face. Oh, she loves Jesus. Yeah, she's got her she's got her Bible open in a coffee shop. She must be <laughs> sure she's got a. I don't know if they do it now. When I when I was when I was younger, everybody had the ichthys on the back of their car. The ichthys is the is the fish. I know you some know. people that have it tattooed on. On their arm. There you go. You know how that started, right? Yes. Yeah. And so, so how they could identify Christians right. in the New Testament is one would make one mark right. of the side of the fish. The other would complete it with the other mark to show, hey, yes, we are true followers of Christ. Because these guys were, I mean, they found out they were Christians, cost them their life. Right. And so that's how all that came about. Well, you know, oh my goodness, look at them. They've got a fish on the back of their car. Right. They, they only listen to Christian music. Oh, they love God so much. Please hear me. If you want to put a fish on your car, get the biggest stinking fish you can find. <laughs> put put a million fish on your car, right? If if you only want to listen to Christian music all the time, have at it. Have at it. I would say, I would say as well though, if you're if you're sitting there saying, well, the only reason I listen to Christian music is because there's secular music that has has a, has some wrong messages in it, well then you you need to be equally as uh cautious about all the quote Christian music right, because I've been sure. listening to yeah. Christian music driving down the road and I'm right. like, that's not doctrinally sound. Nope. That's not doctrinally <laughs> yeah. sound at all. You gotta be super careful. Uh so 
all this to say, I mean, that's your prerogative. That's your liberty, as Paul said. But anything that you attach to salvation through faith and faith alone in Jesus Christ, that in every essence, in the truest sense of the word, is religion, is religion. Everybody defines it differently. You know, there are some folks that say, oh, look, they look religious. Now, for me, here's what that's going to mean. They're dressed to the nines. They're, uh, they're carrying their Bible. Um, just, you know, I saw them put money in the offering. To someone else, that may not mean that. Well, and, Because and, you can also be religious yeah. and not a Christian. Oh, absolutely. Well, and, and, and me growing up, it was the identification of, hey, I was here every time the door was open. Like you, you saw somebody that was faithful like that, which, again, faithfulness is a good thing. We want people in our church to be faithful to attending. But me growing up, like that was, I, I, I identified good Christian people by how many times they came to church. Yeah. And, and, and clearly, uh, folks, folks expect us to be the ones banging the drum for come to church, come to church. I've, right. I've never had anyone say i'm not saying this doesn't happen i'm just saying i've never had anybody say this you know where i went wrong where i went wrong is coming to church all the time yeah right. uh, but i've right. had a lot of folks say oh my goodness i allowed something else yeah. to take precedent in my yeah. life and the next thing you know my church attendance stopped and then all of a sudden i find myself in a mess the but again that the best people in the world the most moral people in the world can be faithfully attenders of church that will not get us into righteousness with God. It is only through a relationship with Jesus Christ. Religion, anything else that says you can become more acceptable, more loved by God, except through a relationship with Jesus Christ, that is religion. Now, the question is, how can we uh, – how did the question go again, Ryan? It was basically something like, how can we uh, – what, this generation does not like religion? The, yeah, how can this we... generation doesn't want religion at all. How do we break the mold of people's mindset of the religious? Well, and I'm saying I, – I mean, my prayer would be, oh, God, rise up people yeah. that don't want religion at all. I, I, I think as long as we're in the flesh, there's always going to be – that religious attitude and mindset yeah. because we have a hard time believing that our eternal salvation and security is based entirely mm. on something besides yeah. our performance. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think as long as we're in the flesh, I mean, as long as there are people here, there's always going to be the thing, the key, how would, how would I, uh, how would I encourage someone to try to break free from the bonds of religion fall more in love with Jesus every single day. Yeah. Um, may, may that be your prayer. May that be your pursuit. Now, again, not all, not all religious things are bad. Right. Right. As long as you understand, they will not replace a relationship with Jesus, nor is that relationship with Jesus dependent upon those things. But a great question. And, and man, I think that would be a great, uh, a great subject for prayer for all of us right. on a daily basis. Hey, God, may I not put stock in myself? May I not put stock in my actions? And and again, now, uh, I know there's some danger when you say that because some folks, oh, well, that means people just going to go out and live any way they want to live. Well, right. no. 
No. If you're able to go out and live any way you want to live, we discussed this a little bit Sunday, live any way you want to live, there not be any convicting power of the Holy Spirit in your life, that is that is evidence that you are not in relationship with Jesus Christ. Right. I mean, you can go through rebellion, right? Disobedience for a season. But I know in my own life, what a miserable it's a time. miserable time, yeah. Uh, the entire time, the Holy Spirit. What are you doing? This is not you. Uh, so I tell folks all the time, Ryan, when they say, I'm just not sure that I'm saved, I'll say, well, uh, are you able to live your life any way you want to? And there be no convicting power of the Holy Spirit. Mm. That's a good good point. Yeah. Um, so, anyway. Well, and and even in all of this, as you're talking about, it's not the religion; it's a relationship. You talked a lot about, you know, that our character changes, like our conduct changes. Something on the inside of us changes that's going to manifest itself on the things on the outside. And we've talked about that, you know, over the last couple of weeks that we are going to have a godly behavior. We're going to, we're going to be doing things, even though there is liberty, we're going to be doing things that are pleasing and glorifying God. But again, you know, with this thing of not a relationship, it's talking about, you started talking about conduct and you even make these statements, be careful not to put hope in religion, um, that, uh, there's, there's no religion in heaven. It's not going to save you. It's what you've done with Jesus. And you even, you even asked the question early on. You ask it twice, but I think it's a good question to ask. It's like, you know, have, have you been born again? What have you done with Jesus? Um, so all great points, great thoughts. Yeah, you know, we, and we even bring up the example in the Bible of, uh, of Nicodemus. Yeah. Um, the, uh, he, he came to Jesus at night. They say that's the, the first First time of Nick at night right there. <laughs> a highly, highly I've been I've been I've been saving that one right there. Oh my goodness. I wasn't expecting that. A highly religious guy that would put put we think that we have good deeds. This guy would put us to shame. Yeah. And Jesus draws the point of yeah. what Paul is writing here. Hey, listen, man, you, you can be as righteous as you want to, but have you truly been born? Yeah. Again, you know, has there been a spiritual birth? And that involves, as you said, character and conduct. I'm changed from the inside out. Uh, so uh, beautiful picture. Yeah. Um, and uh, man, religion. Mm. Well, and you even say, like, you can be dangerous, you know. Um, and I think we see that. I think we see that in our culture today that, you know, religion is. And I, and I was talking to some of our young adults and I've said, you know, if you were to. You know, sadly, if you were to take a, a a picture of you know some of the churches today, it's like, man, the, sometimes the church is not seen as always a great thing because of some of the evil that has come out of churches. I know that's hard to say; it's hard to hear sometimes. But you know, um, I think people put so much hope in the religion rather than who Jesus is and following Jesus and just trying to lead the church the way that Jesus would lead the church. And so, I just I think it's a great topic to talk about i think it's something to be aware of that you know yeah religion can sometimes be dangerous and hard well and i got to keep my eyes on jesus yeah i I promise you if you you hang around me it probably wouldn't even have to be very long you i'm I'm gonna let you down i'm gonna say something i'm gonna do something where you're gonna be like oh my goodness that doesn't sound very pastoral and uh if your eyes are on me then disappointed is where you're gonna be uh, that rhymed. I mean, that's kind of cool there. But the uh, I've got to keep my eyes on Christ. I do as well. Right. There's so many people out there that have said, "Well, the reason why I'm not a part of a church is because 
I was hurt or somebody let me down or somebody. Yeah, I mean, because churches are filled with imperfect people who serve a perfect Savior. I can promise you, Jesus will never let you down. Jesus will never fail you. It's I'm so thankful that when I woke up this morning, it wasn't, hmm, wonder how Jesus is going to be today. Wonder if Jesus is going to be moody today. None of those things. It is Jesus. Uh, So let me make it about him and the relationship I have with him. And, And let me add this to it. Uh, there are folks out there that say, oh, yeah, yeah, it's all about a relationship, all about a relationship. And the way I keep that relationship now is I do good deeds. No, that's mm. that's not. That's yeah. that, Again, that's a form of religion. It's not you doing good deeds to be saved. It's doing good deeds because you already are saved. If 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 our eternal security, if it was based upon our good deeds, not one of us, would have eternal security, but it's based upon the finished work of the cross. And so I've got to, I've got to do that. So may your daily pursuit, I would sit there and say, you know, your prayer, your prayer time, there's nothing wrong with sitting there saying, Hey God, you know, control my tongue today. If if that's something you struggle with, control my tongue. I don't want to, I don't want to say anything that would be uh, a bad representation of you. And there's nothing wrong with that prayer, but I would say equally, if not more, Jesus, Man, it caused me to fall greater in love with you today. Yeah. Help me to understand my daily yeah. dependence upon yeah. you. Uh, there are folks that will sit there and say, hey, tell me. Tell me the bad things that are wrong with this religion or this uh, belief system or this or that. And I'm like, well, we could do that. And we could spend all of our time saying, well, this is wrong and this is wrong. And this, Or we just say, dig into God's word and understand yeah. what is yeah. the truth of his word. And that'll that'll better equip you to be able to spot something that is unbiblical Mm. all right so next you talk about elements of the kingdom of god so we we talked about explanation of the kingdom of god it's not a religion it's a relationship then you start talking about the elements of the kingdom of god and this is where you know you said there's righteousness in the holy spirit there's peace in the holy spirit and there's joy in the holy spirit so um i i have a question under peace but uh, I'll let you. I'll let you kind of unpack that for a second. Well, yeah. When it comes to the righteousness, we we really we've really talked about that. Just a reminder to our listeners: righteousness means that you're declared right before God. You are in right standing with God. A lot of times we hear the word righteousness, and we're like, "Oh, yeah, yeah." You're not supposed to be righteous. Well, you're not supposed to be self righteous. But righteous right. means. <laughs> Right standing with right. God. So that is a declaration that God makes through Jesus Christ. And uh, earlier, back up in the book of Romans, he's talking about the Jews that were ignorant of God's righteousness. Why? Because they were they were trying to establish their own righteousness through their works, through the shouts and the shout not. So, But once you're born again, once you're truly saved, God no longer looks at you as an enemy he no longer looks at you in rebellion, but instead, it's like he has these little glasses that have this righteousness filter on them, and he puts them on. Now, I mean, he clearly doesn't do this, but it's like he does that. And he puts them on, and he's like, hey, I see you just the same way I see Jesus. Yeah. Because you're now in the very same standing that he is. Uh, and as a result of being declared righteous— then that means our life should be lived as righteous because the character has been changed. That, that's your desire. 
I want to live a life that would show folks that I truly have been changed. And it's not it's not you sitting there saying, okay, give me the seven steps that I do to do that. Right. Well, I mean, just no. Jesus, I'm going to lean into you. Uh, Holy Spirit, guide me. Holy Spirit, change me. Um, it happens quicker for some than it right. does others. Right. But it's a, it's a, it's a maturing process uh, over time where the character is changed, and the next thing you know, the conduct is changed. And again, not talking about a perfect life. It just means your want to has changed. I want to live a life right. that is pleasing to God. When you ask the question, like, you know, have, you know, do you have this daily desire to live right? Like, and again, so it's this daily thing. It's this conscious effort of, of living the way that God tells us to. Do you have this daily desire to live right? Well, yeah, that's, again, that's a birthright of a believer. That's one of the ways that you know that you are a believer. I want to please God with my life. I want to. If you're sitting there saying, I can live any way I want to because I prayed a prayer and right. I know I'm going to go to heaven when yeah. I die and I believe in Jesus. Yeah. I mean, it's not it's not belief in Jesus. Okay, it is a lordship of yeah. Christ. I've yeah. surrendered my life to Him. Uh, it's no longer my life. It is the life that He is living through me. So uh, that's the way that you uh, you approach that. Uh, we and we want to put all these boxes to check off yeah. or litmus tests yeah. and all this well yeah. i check this this and this then i must be good right well, well, well no no the only thing that makes you good is the blood of jesus christ has cleansed you from unrighteousness and so god not because of anything we deserve or earned but god because of his grace and mercy through the faith that you've placed in christ now sees you as as righteous which is crazy it is the unbelievable switch it is a great trade, right. the greatest trade known to mankind. Hey, Jesus, you take my unrighteousness on you, die in my place, and then you give me your righteousness. Mm. Unbelievable. Yeah. Well, and so I want to talk about joy for a second, and then I want to go back to uh, peace in the Holy Spirit. You know, because you talked about joy of the Holy Spirit, that, you know, it's that Jesus is the joy. You even made the statement that we can't lose our salvation, but we can sometimes lose the joy of our salvation. Uh, but again, it's just getting back to who Jesus is, understanding that Jesus is everything, understanding that Jesus is life, understanding that Jesus is the one that gives us this joy. Um, but whenever it, it, we're talking about peace in the same breath, you know, peace in the Holy Spirit. Um, so I guess I want to ask this question because a lot of times you know, we have church members that are the people that I talk to, they struggle with this idea of peace. They don't know um, how to recognize it. Uh, so can you can you explain what you mean by peace in the Holy Spirit? Um, and the, the, so there's two questions. Like, one, do you think the church, do you think believers struggle with this idea of peace? But then how do you... How, do, how does someone rest in the peace of the Holy Spirit? And I, and I know that's a vague and large, but how, how do we rest in this peace of the Holy Spirit? Yeah, the definition of peace is not uh, absence of problems. It is not the absence of pain. A lot of folks have gotten that wrong. Yeah, And so... Th- if there is a restlessness there because of pain and problems, oh, well, man, I just don't have peace. Mm, no, no, no. Peace is 
where does my hope lie? Am I trusting God that even in the midst of problems and storms and pain and all of those things, am I trusting him to, uh, to bring me through to the other side to accomplish his plan that is perfect? And so, uh, unfortunately, there are folks that they'll, they'll, they'll even teach and they'll even say, okay, well, if you really want peace, uh, then that means God's going to make your life completely storm-free. Well, that scripture never promises that. Peace is this. I lay my head down on my pillow at night, and no matter what tomorrow may hold, because clearly I don't know what tomorrow holds. I don't even know what the next minute holds. Uh, but I do know that because of Jesus in my life, I know who's going to be holding me in that. And so there's, there's also contentment. I am content in who I am in Jesus Christ. Now, contentment is not, okay, uh, there shouldn't be maturity there, there shouldn't be growth there, or, or things along those lines. Clearly, that should happen in your life. Contentment means this, uh, my strength, my future, my hope is found in the relationship that I have with Jesus Christ. I know myself when it comes to peace in my own life that there are times where I'll even have to verbally say to myself, uh, my joy is in the Lord. My hope is in the Lord. I find peace in you. Uh, the Bible talks about peace that passes all understanding. And that's what it is. That You'll find yourself in situations to where you're like, man, it just doesn't seem like I should have peace here. It doesn't seem like there be even been times that I've had folks say to me, oh, I feel I feel kind of guilty that that I have hope in this situation. Everybody else is hopeless. And here I am having hope. Well, first of all, don't feel guilty. That is a gift that God gives you as one of his children. There is hope in him. And so that peace comes out of not the circumstances you find yourself in, but out of the relationship that you find yourself in. Yeah. And so again, I have to sit there and yeah. there are days that I have to, even the evil one, man, when he's coming against me, there have been times where I say verbally out loud. Now, when he, I don't know if I would tell you to do this while you're walking around in a, in a store shopping or something, yeah. or, you know, walking down the halls of school, who knows? I mean, maybe, maybe you want to, but there've been times I've sit there and I'm like, you know what? Satan, shut up. I'm not going to believe what you're saying. Uh, my hope, my peace is found in Jesus Christ, yeah. and I claim that as as the child of God. And so it is that uh, it is that redefining what what peace truly is, yeah. and uh, standing in the hope. And I keep saying the word birthright. Uh, that kind of gets lost on us, but biblically, it would have been huge. So, but. Really, what belongs to you as being a child of God? You know, if 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 uh, if if some kids showed up at my house and they're sitting at my table and I come in and I'm like, "Who are you guys here with?" Reed? Nope. Okay, did you guys come in with one of my daughters? Nope. Hey Jennifer, did you pick up some kids and bring them? Oh, nope. <laughs> okay. What what are you guys doing? We're here for dinner. Okay. But you don't eat here because you're not a part of this family. 
the key the key to coming to this table is somebody with a family key has brought you in right <laughs> yeah you know i mean i would say we we would get to the bottom and find out what's going on but the in every essence that's that's the peace of god yeah the peace of god that belongs to the child of god uh, I'd love to say that once you're saved, all of a sudden you just got this this waterfall of peace right. flooding over your head, and right. you're like, "Oh, awesome! I'll never struggle with peace again." But no, it's a daily thing. Right. But it's that it it is it is not robbing God of glory, and you actually saying, "You know what? Even though this is hard, even though this is difficult, even though this is disappointing, I mean, there have been things happen in my own life that others have done that have." brought great disappointment there have been things that i've done that has brought have brought great disappointment and so it's not uh that there is well here's the better way to say it just as nothing can rob you of your salvation nothing also can rob you of the birthrights of a believer joy peace all those things unless you let that happen Mm. yeah but it doesn't have to. Yeah. Well, and I and I, I love the fact that, you know, in in every everything that we've talked about and everything boils down to, hey, remember who Jesus is, remember what he's done for us, look to Jesus, the answers are in Jesus, life happens in Jesus, everything happens through Jesus. And you always point us to Jesus. Um, I think that's one reason why people love you, love our church. Um, it's not; it's it's all about who Jesus is and what He's done. Well, I appreciate that, and uh, uh, man, I it's 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 kind of like if you always tell the truth, you you right. you, you don't have to try to remember what you said. <laughs> right, right. And uh, you know, my deal is right. if you always point people to Jesus, then uh, you're, you're you're not going to go wrong. Yeah. Uh, it's it's uh, well because we know Jesus is the only one that that offers us. Uh, hope and freedom. It, it it is kind of interesting that there, there's something that that was fleshed out in this week's sermon that I really never have noticed before, and we we kind of drew it out a little bit. But the peace with God and the peace of God, mm. and you know, a lot of folks don't necessarily struggle with peace with God. We know peace with God means salvation. So I'm right with God. I have peace with Him. That before I come to Him through Jesus, I'm at odds with Him. I'm an enemy of his. I know we don't think of it that way, yet Scripture makes that very clear. Either you're with him or you're against him, right? So I am his enemy. I'm in opposition with him. And then I, I, through Christ, I come to him and that bridge that Christ offers through faith. And now I am at peace with God. And the peace with God also gives you the second gift, which is the peace of God. Mm. And it's the peace of God that keeps your head above water yeah. when you're finding yeah. yourself dealing with problems and storms of life and yeah. uh, all those things. It's it's kind of that tranquility, right? In the middle of the storm, I think we even talked a little bit about the eye of the storm in a hurricane, yeah. and you're just yeah. you're like, this is eerie, this is crazy. <laughs> uh, the great thing is that that is the way it is to walk with God all the time. That I have that peace. So the peace with God, and also understand, he gives the peace of God. When you put of God on anything, it automatically brings perfection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so joy yeah. of God, that is joy that is not lacking. Peace of God, Yeah, it's never going to run out. Yeah. 
So whatever it is that you add of God, uh, mm. it is perfect. And I go this judgment of God. Mm. That's perfect, perfect judgment. Yeah. yeah. So peace with God, peace of God. Well, Pastor Stephen, thank you for your time. Thank you for your wisdom. Thank you for pointing to Jesus. And we will see you next week on the Unchangeable Truth Podcast. Hey, guys, this is Stephen Kyle, and I want to thank you for listening to our podcast today, Unchangeable Truth. Uh, This is a ministry of Highland Park Baptist Church in Panama City, Florida, and we would love for you to visit us if you ever find yourself in the Panama City area. Our address is 2611 Highway 231 North. You can also learn more about our church and its ministry by going to our website, www. Dot Highland and it's H I L A N D Park.org. There you'll learn more about what we believe, what we teach, about the gospel of Jesus Christ. There'll also be a sermon archive there so you can go and listen to various sermons over the last several years. As always, we would love to talk to you about your relationship with Jesus Christ. So feel free, shoot us an email info at highlandpark.org if you'd like to learn more about Jesus and what it means to follow him. Our prayers are that you would draw near to Christ, that this podcast would be used to point you to Jesus and to help your faith grow and your walk increase. God bless you guys. Thank you for listening.